Welcome to No Plans to Merge. The two out of best. W- the, be- <laughs> the best. The best what, D. Cole? I was going to say the best t-shirt review podcast on the internet. Mm, true. I'm your host, Caleb Porzio. I'm just a guy named Daniel, and I hang out with Caleb. Um, Caleb, we between the two of us have four of the same shirt. We do. We have yes, yes, we do. Yeah. Well, we have three. No, I was going to say three, but the fourth is in the donate pile in my. Room. Oh, it hasn't actually been donated. <laughs> no. It's funny because before the podcast, you said I was a good boy and donated it. Yeah, that's true. I donated mm. it mentally, like it's in the bag. <laughs> if it's in the donate bag in your house, is it donated? No, because that, that someone has to have received a donation. Hmm. To, for something to have been donated i, I think. don't know that's okay. my reckon on donation yeah all right so what if you what if i just click uh what okay i write a check to a charity uh-huh. i put it uh-huh. in the mail uh-huh. can i say to you that day oh yeah i just donated 500 dollars to puppies for for bucks i don't know it's a puppies uh the thing <laughs> so that's a whole. That's an interesting question because you could write a check and not have the money and know that the check will bounce. Oh, interesting. And then, then you knowingly did not donate that money. It was a money order. Sorry. Uh, a cashier's check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Interesting question. Interesting. Semantics. I feel like I could say that, and I feel like the donate queue in my house. Is the same thing, so I donated. Same thing as the U.S. Postal Service. Yeah. Yep. Same. Same uh, reliability. Same general concept. Rain, slow, rain, snow, sleet, or hail. These are getting to the local goodwill. That's right. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So it's a good shirt. Uh, what shirt are you talking about for the listener? The, the full stack radio T-shirt from our good friend Adam Wathen. Yep. It's like people, not programming people, normal people in the world. Like cool people who wear cool shirts, uh, have come up to me and said that's a pretty cool shirt. Yeah, so, I, I definitely dig it. Uh, I was just on a call with Mr. Jake Bennett, and he saw the shirt and he's like, "Nice shirt." He's like, "Yeah, I didn't buy one because my kids would would like cry." <laughs> he didn't say those exact words, but but yeah, he's like, "It's it's not kid friendly." They would be like, "What are the bones? Why does that man? Why is he being tortured?" Um. Yeah, yeah. So I we, and I did give pause. Like I went over my uh to like the family dinner where all the like nieces and nephews are, and like I, uh-huh. I and then that day I, I just like go through my shirts like any day, and I'm like, which one's mm-hmm. gonna be today? And I wanted to do the full stack shirt, but I'm like, so I, it at least crossed my mind where I was like, yeah, this could terrify children, but who cares? We have so much stuff up around our house that is like kind of horror themed. Uh, like we've got some weird monsters on the walls, like illustrations and got a bunch of like weird octopuses taking over things, <laughs> uh, hanging. Like we've got one in our bathroom. There's a lot of like, kind of like horror themed monster E stuff. Monster E art a... in our home. Growing up, I imagine your house was not like that. I imagine your house was very family friendly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You mean that the house of Craig Colburn? Uh, what's the abbreviation for a M Div? Craig Colburn M Div. The uh, 
the pastor and missionary was not no it was not a, a monster house <laughs> yeah i i figured that like i i too grew up in a christian conservative family friendly household yeah and uh and like i had friends you know there were the other kids at school who like went nuts on halloween and had like the bloody mask thing that you could like pump mm-hmm. like freddy mask and would yeah. wear like system of a down shirts and stuff like that Ooh. and like i'd be like oh that's really sweet and maybe my mom would like sort of let me flirt with it if i for like school shopping if i grabbed like a sort of racy shirt i don't uh-huh. know but but it was always like i always felt like i was trying to get away with it like i was all you know but yeah. i knew now, that- that's how i felt when my mom let me have fire on the back pocket of my black jeans nice <laughs> yeah i have a did, did you wear like a a chain wallet ever oh yeah for sure yeah chain wallet like spitfire like uh, arm wristbands mm-hmm. like tennis band things mm-hmm. I, I remember yeah spitfire was like the supreme of sixth grade or yeah seventh grade yeah it was pretty weird like i i actually did skate my whole life but and but i never i didn't have a lot of gear but like spitfire i didn't i don't know that that transcended the skate brand it was just like this brand mm-hmm that yeah. I never had like wheels or a board Spitfire. I don't even like. I never even saw one. You know. You know what's probably it's just like for a, a comeback thing. You know how there's like these brands that like get uncool and then get cool again. Like Champion right now is very cool. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, like in like streetwear right now, everyone is wearing Champion really? clothes, and so there's just like old dad sweatshirts that like you know have the little yeah, Champion yeah, logo right. on them are over a hundred dollars yeah okay i could see that and then like now champion has released like a streetwear line Mm -hmm. so like now they're making a sweatshirt that has like the champion logo for like most of the shirt they're self-aware they're self-aware so and before champion like carhartt was another brand that kind of got turned into a into a luxury brand even though it wasn't one Mm. yeah yeah right you know what I think might be due for a comeback? Like brands that aren't cool now but were cool in the past and I think will be cool again? Uh, can I try to guess? Yes. Is it a skating brand? Uh, that's an interesting question. Is it a? Is it along those lines? Like would, you, would I buy this at yes. Zoomies 10 years ago? I don't... Well, first I'll find the maybe. store. All right. Would I buy it at Hot Topic? Probably not. Okay. Would I buy it at PacSun? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, is it more surfer than skater? Yes. Would I buy it at Ron John? May yeah. Is it oh, is it Billabong? It's not Billabong, but that's a great point as well. Billabong's probably coming back. Interesting. Um, do they make board shorts? Oh, certainly. It's definitely. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Oh, f- certainly. <laughs> um i mean board shorts do they have an article of clothing that is their thing or is it just general Uh, like no no it's just a brand they make all things and it's not like one of the like abercrombie or or, i mean obviously not narrow pistol but uh okay not one of those wait how do you say that word uh i'm just gonna say arrow so we don't so you don't have to know (laughs) no i want to know how you say i don't know how to say arrow pistol Aeropostale? I don't That's know. how I've always said I, I've it. heard I always say Aeropastel because Well I don't they know, do I'm mostly come in pastel colors. Aeropastel. Aeropastel. Yeah. No, maybe Aeropastel. No, I would Aeropostale. say Aeropastel. But okay, yeah, I would say 
Yeah, Aeropostel. Yeah, Aeropostel, but I wouldn't say Aeropostel. Huh. Which I've heard. Like the, the Apostle Paul. Yeah. Would, would, <laughs> would you say Aeropostel? Yeah, Aeropostel. Aeropostel? Weird. That's like what kids who worked there. I don't know if the kids who actually worked there said that, but like I knew kids who worked there. Hmm. And like if we were talking about someone who worked there, we'd be like, yeah, that kid works at Aeropostel. Hmm. I wonder. This is like in like 11th grade or whatever yeah, when people worked I at Aeropostel. <laughs> it's possible. That would be fascinating if it was regional. Like, mm. yeah, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, okay. Do you want to continue at I, questioning? I do. I mean, I, I always love to do this. Like, Hannah and I yeah, do this yeah. all the time, and I want to keep doing mm-hmm. it. But if, if you deem this too boring for the listener, you just well, cut me right off. Here's the thing. We did have one listener explicitly ask us after our last two episodes in a row to bring back this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is the so uh, you know what clothing maybe line edition. Maybe we're doing it about clothing lines this time. Okay, do I own this brand of clothing? Oh, I have no idea what you own. Caleb. I don't know. I just if you ever you did guess? own it, you probably donated it. How should I? Oh, I probably go? donated it. Okay, and yeah. would I? Is it likely that I would have shorts from them? Pants. Yeah, shoes. I would say, uh, not is likely that you would have pants or shoes i would say shorts are the most likely thing that you would have from them shorts are the most likely thing would i have a t-shirt with this brand yeah Yeah. oh my gosh it is it an explicitly surfer brand is there a wave in the logo yeah there is a wave in the logo yeah what am i missing i mean billabong i can't get out of my head now um (laughs) yeah no there's definitely a wave in the logo (laughs) is it a wave is the logo a wave (laughs) yeah no it's a wave it's a wave um uh-huh. all right have i heard the name recently or is this like really something that's like old? no you've heard of it it's like it's top three top three top three what of the class that billabong is in right okay it's um, a direct competitor to billabong why can't i think of board short brands uh do you just want the answer yeah just give me the answer it's quicksilver quicksilver <laughs> i think quicksilver is making a comeback i think I saw... of quicksilver more not as a surf brand but you're right yeah yeah but they were yeah right um and their logo's a wave yeah that's interesting i i remember hearing uh like a jeffrey way Laracast snippet or pod something like forever ago mm-hmm. um he he was it was something about like being presentable or something how like he wears nice shirts to work now and he you know he works at home um this is a while ago i have no idea if he still thinks or cares about any of this but um but his thing was like all right so you're a developer and you know you get up and you're wearing your conference t-shirt and you know you go to your desk and he's like you know if you if you put on like a good t-shirt or a good shirt like a nice shirt you feel better about yourself you you know he was just sort of describing these lifestyle benefits he had from not wearing like conference tees, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember listening to this and thinking, boy, I wish I had conference tees. <laughs> like I remember <laughs> listening to this and being like, like hearing his, his idea of what like a rut is, his, his yeah. idea of like what everyone being is, in a rut was. is above me, you know? Yeah. I remember thinking like, I don't go to conferences. I don't have conference t-shirts i would love a conference t-shirt you know if my whole wardrobe was conference tees what a badge of honor like i I like Mm -hmm. like these people live a lifestyle that i don't live and i would love to live that lifestyle 
Yeah, it's like when people, uh, you know, like when people say, like you go on, uh, if you like listening to Shark Tank or, or watching Shark Tank or whatever, mm-hmm. people are like, oh yeah, I started this business. Uh, it was really scary. I invested $180,000 of my own money. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I'm like, oh word. Well, I guess like we're not even talking about the same thing. Yeah, here. right. Exactly. You, you had $180,000 that you were just like, this like goat bottle like goat feeding bottle holder is such a good idea that I'm going to invest 180,000 of my own dollars in it. Right. Like the goat feeding bottle holder. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I, I mean that, that to me, um, those, those like what, what people don't notice as mm-hmm. it is the most valuable things to me, you know, yeah. like just sort of witnessing, things that people are unaware of about themselves that say so much about them that right that yeah that i sort of look to as like okay so this is that i think that uh, this might be a crazy stretch but that's why i think everyone is so interested in like apps developers use and apps famous people use like famous developer mm-hmm. people like what apps do you use what you, you know like are what's what apps do we use See, podcast is one two of the most of pop- <laughs> yeah that's funny the best t-shirt review podcast on the internet because it shows like it's it's something that uh i don't know i'm not going to articulate this well but i'm, I'm interested in those things and i think that's no, it's a peek behind the curtain yeah it's a peek behind the curtain yeah so uh jake bennett's uh internet like bounced and we were doing a live wire pair and uh-huh. uh <laughs> i haven't responded to him in a while and apparently his internet's back and it's possible that he'll use this exact zoom link and come join our our uh, podcast first. i would love to have jake would that be drop great in yeah that would be great um just see how it goes i i got something for you you got well cool. so we started talking about laundry and we were like wait we should hold this conversation for when that's we true, hit record we and yeah, i feel like top t-shirt review podcast on the internet that that's the place you want to talk about laundry exactly here's the topic yep laundry <laughs> yep my laundry cycle uh-huh. is dictated by if I have um, if I have tons of socks and t-shirts and underwear and pants, I will not do laundry until one of those things is depleted. And I know yep. this about myself. I am not disciplined enough. So I limit I limit my I will not wear socks twice. Like it's the one mm-hmm. thing that I won't wear twice. And so I know that, and I just, however many socks I have is however many days until laundry will inevitably get done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just make sure that I keep a short amount of socks, and I'm, I'm, it's easier for me to be disciplined about about throwing out bad socks and keeping only like, you know, 10 pairs of socks on hand, period, than it is for me to just do laundry more frequently. I hear you. So what you're saying is like you want to control your goal is to do more laundry. Yeah, right. Interesting. So Why is that my the, goal? My goal, that's funny. You're right. Yeah. Cuz that's not necessarily good in itself. Doing yeah, more laundry. There's definitely, there's definitely your... no inherent virtue in doing more laundry. But I know that if I wait and I have to do a big load, then I then the folding section of the laundry duty is just that much worse. Right. So you'd rather do smaller, more frequent loads of laundry. Yes, which would wear out my clothes quicker, but 
but I would have less of them to wear out. Well, that's not necessarily true, right? Like, if you were washing the same clothes in a small batch that you would wash in a large batch. Hmm. No, so oh, in the you large... you have less of them to wear out. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Roger. Roger Dodger. Um, so, yeah, I think that, uh, to me, I think our laundry cycle is very similar, right? Like, we... Although the difficulty with... Uh, so sometimes Charlotte will do a load of laundry and I will inevitably end up with half of every pair of socks that I own in that load of laundry. (laughs) Um, and then that's my current predicament is that I have two complete pairs of socks and nine half pairs of socks. So I'm kind of screwed because I'm not exactly sure we have... Like, I'm not sure what phase of the cycle, because Charlotte's been doing some laundry recently, and I'm not sure where certain socks are in the in the you cycle. You need to have only one type of sock. That's impossible for me. Why? Uh, well, first of all, there's different colors of socks, right? I wear one you know, sock. <laughs> what What color is it? It's black, so that it'll never show dirt. Okay, but what if you're wearing, what color shoes do you have? Um, right now they're black, but they change. What if you were wearing like white shoes and like a light jean? They're ankle socks. Have... They're pretty, they're pretty oh, ankly. They're like they're ankly. See, I wear a lot of boots. I also wear a lot of like high top sneakers and stuff like that. Stuff where I want my ankles to be shielded from the shoe. Hmm. So I've got, I have like a lot of those like graphic socks, you know, that like, have yeah something on them right uh so anyway long story short socks are my weakness um but carry on with what you were saying so you you your goal is to do laundry more frequently because you don't like the process of uh you don't like the process of folding huge amounts of laundry so you're trying to break up into smaller batches and the way you do that is by limiting the number of socks because knowing yourself you know that your ultimate breaking point will be having no socks and that will force you to do laundry. Yeah, right. It's an environmental like assurance. Mm-hmm. Like I've just guaranteed that I'll do laundry every week if I only have a week's worth of socks. Sure. And those are the things um, in life that I'm most interested in is like, how can I make all the good habits and decisions into those automatic things that just happen? Yeah. When I had roommates, we at some point uh, threw out half the dishes yeah because that's another good one perfect it was yeah. like we need to do more dishes like <laughs> yeah right if you have one bowl yeah you will you always wash, wash that bowl yeah yeah that or that's, you won't eat out of a bowl uh, dishes is another laundry and dishes this is valuable there's gold that's in these all hills. life is life is laundry life, and dishes. <laughs> exactly uh so you know, ben franklin said death and taxes but you know a lot of people are skating under the radar with the irs uh true the real I'm, thing the real thing is laundry and dishes everybody's got to deal with them yeah it's true either you're dealing with them or you're paying someone to deal with them yeah uh yeah i'm not at the level where uh where i have a dishwasher yet a personal dishwasher well i mean i was just saying a lot of people only eat out or oh okay right whatever yeah yeah right someone else is washing the dishes 
So I've realized this, that if, if one dish is in the sink, yeah. my brain labels it as the place to put the dishes. <laughs> you rinse them and put them next to the other things that have a pool of water uh-huh. in them. Where if I do every dish, if I don't let things touch the sink, yeah. then every time I go to the sink, I have a fresh batch of, yeah, I probably should wash this because I don't want to start, you know, like if yep. one thing's in the sink, it's like, all right, yeah, I'll just rinse this and put it in the sink because I'm going to do this other thing. So, and I can't do both of them right now and I'm not just going right. to wash one, you know, yeah. so I'll put it in the sink. That's the beautiful thing about uh, the dishwasher as a, as a concept is that it, you put things in it. So you get, you sort of half, half of each, right? So you do do a quick rinse. Yeah. And that's easy. Right. right. Yeah. And then you throw it in the dishwasher and you don't have to wash it right now, but eventually they all get washed. It's beautiful. Yeah. So with the dishwasher, right, the mess is hidden. It's in the dishwasher. Uh-huh. And then you run the dishwasher. What? Later. Once a day or two or three. No. Because right, you're, days. it's just you and Charlotte. Um, yeah. Once every couple of days. Yeah. Okay. And then when the dishes are clean in reality like like real life daniel do you uh-huh. put them back uh usually or do you just take so stuff for out me, of them the socks of dishes are forks oh okay right yeah okay. so what happens usually is i open the utensil drawer and there's not a fork in it and then i open the dishwasher and i'm like and you empty clean the dishes there's a fork yeah and so then I'll at least do like the utensils and play, you know, like usually I do it in piecemeal. Like I don't do a whole dishwasher unload at once, but I'll kind of lazily grab all the utensils and maybe a couple of cups and put them away. And then like later I'll need a plate and then I'll do all the plates, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Totally. Forks are the, they're the socks socks of dishes, dishes. no doubt. So what, okay, here is the programming uh, relay. What are yeah, just... what are the other places like? Where does this tie into programming? Where there's something. So if I was to like, what are abstract, the socks of programming? What are the socks of programming? What are the things that like I know I can't abide, and so then I hitch the wagon of things I don't prefer to do. Yeah, to those things, right? To force behavior out of myself. Yeah, totally. And go. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So what are chores in, what are things that you feel like you're always failing or falling behind on in Alphabet- programming? Alphabetizing things. Okay. Like CSS. Prop- it just listing. every imports. Yeah. CSS you know, properties. imports, sorting imports. That's one yeah, thing. It's something that where it's like, it has to happen before every PR is submitted. Right. right? It's like all of the like cleanup, like removing all of my console logs, importing my PRs, uh, or importing my fuel, right. sorting my imports, uh, blah, 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 blah. All of that stuff, like just like a quick read through of every file and making sure everything's how I want it and making sure my methods are in the right order and, you know, making sure I like the names of everything yeah. before I submit something. Um, to me, that's a thing. That's, that's a socks. Yeah. Um, if I were listening to this podcast, I would want to say to you and me that there's like linters and stuff like that that do this for you. But let's say well, there that, are, but they don't catch everything. Right. So let's let's just I'm just putting this out there for people who are thinking that. Um, 
I we do use linters, but yeah, there's there's things like names and um, method orders, abstractions, stuff like that. Um, yeah, definitely. I think I don't know if this is a socks thing, but like pull request the pull request workflow, where yeah. th- this is one of those things that changed the game for me. I'll never go back. Like every project, no matter what, private, public, client, whatever, all code gets pull requested and reviewed. Um, oh yeah, huge. Yeah, huge. Because if I know that a coworker is going to review this PR, I'm going to review it first because I'm going to mm-hmm. feel like an idiot when they comment and be like, "Remove this thing. Why'd you do this thing? Why is this here?" And not just that. You could clean so this other up. things, other things that latch onto the pull request sock thing, right? Like other wagons that you can hitch to that are like, it makes you work in small manageable pieces, right? It stops you from having these huge run-on projects because you know that you're getting out of sync with master. Yeah. Slowly. And so you're either like rebasing constantly and, uh, and keeping your branch up to date or you're like, okay, is there a way I can make this huge project? a small pull request that I can merge part of it now and part of it later. In my experience, it's not a sock for me because it, that's always, I think you hit on another one, this like small manageable features and PRs that even with the pull request workflow, I still struggled with keeping them small. Yeah. The reason it reminds me of socks is right. Is like there's a limited amount of socks. And so it makes you do the unpleasant work more frequently. Right, because it's worse when you do it less frequently. Yeah, and that, so to me, the unpleasant work of like doing a rebase and merge, right, or like resolving merge conflicts and stuff, it's better to do it more frequently. Right. Okay. So we've established like like with laundry, if you have unlimited yeah. socks and you have unlimited shirts, the laundry is still annoying when you do it less frequently. It's a, it's it's annoying. It's bad when yes. you do it more frequently. It's good. So we've established that pull requesting more frequently is good. Pull requesting mm-hmm. less frequently is bad. What is the mm-hmm. mechanism? What is the mechanism? Socks are the mechanism. Limiting socks is the mechanism to do laundry more frequently, to guarantee it, to hitch it to that wagon. What is sure. the socks for frequent pull requests? I think we, we might have to conflicts. think one up. Well, so I I don't that that's not a sock for me. It's an it's something that is more defining the annoyance but not guaranteeing that all. Oh, see, I start saying I need to wrap this up when I start seeing the gray, this branch is out of date box in GitHub on my pull requests. So, but all right. So I don't necessarily make pull requests until I'm finished with the work or pretty darn close to it, you know? Uh huh. So, so I'm not faced with how different my branches from master. You know what I'm saying? Like, you all right? So I have to do X feature. Mm-hmm. I open a branch for X feature and I work on it for a month because. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're talking about working alone, though. Okay. No, I mean I'm working on a team. There's okay. There's working meetings. On a team. So you start and, a feature. You work on it for a month. Oh, so I'm talking about working on a feature alone. Yeah, you're working on a feature alone, but a team is working on the same repo. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And I'm working right. on this feature, and I'm in my own branch, and I'm just doing my own thing until I'm done with it. Or pretty right. close to it, and then I pull and request like, it, and then I and then I'm faced. And while with you were how, doing that, they renamed all the database tables, and nothing's the same. Yeah, but I didn't know pull. that because I'm just working on this, and I'm like, oh, I'll settle all that up later on. I'll settle all that uh-huh. up at the end. Yeah, yeah. 
And then you get to the end and it takes two days to settle it all up because it's so crazy. Right. And so I think, oh, that really sucks. But it Uh doesn't, it's the same, it's the exact same thing as laundry is like I get to the end and I'm like, oh, this folding really sucks, but it doesn't suck badly enough for me to, on my own, do laundry more frequently. I need a prompting. I need a mechanism. that's, That's the difference. So to me, the value, the value of doing laundry more frequently isn't let uh or is less folding the, the allegory there is like in programming the value isn't less merge resolution to me it's like less big features like big running features are a bad thing to me why are they bad i just don't like them it feels like the team's not involved i feel like you should be able to pull out a small chunk of code and commit it you know like i feel like we're not working really off of trunk at that point we're like meandering off into our own fields we may as well just fork the whole repo and what's the problem with that what's the problem with meandering off i just don't think it's very productive i don't think we get very much done why is it not productive because we're not aligned on the same goal we have three brains operating in three completely different places we would be three times as productive if not more if the three brains were all working on the same problem like okay why uh, is pairing better than not pairing you know right so why is pairing better than not pairing because you work faster and better 100 percent of the time hmm i don't know about that i know you don't but that's because you're not really pairing recently but i think if you were pairing on the project on the problems you're having right now like many of them would go away very quickly i definitely love pairing i'm just trying to to get some some hard you know concrete what? like this is good because this is a problem right um you know so to me right the so you said you cannot abide wearing a sock twice yeah right yeah yeah so to me i cannot abide uh having to do a bunch of merge conflict stuff Okay, to so me, but you're not merge faced with are the thing. I'm faced that, with having to wear the gross socks every day. That's the loop. That's the cycle. If I don't do yeah. my laundry, I'm not faced with having to to deal with merge conflicts every day, unless yeah, you are. Unless no, no, I'm not. If you work in an active repo at all, you are. If even in active repos I've worked on, I mean, I can pull out a feature and work on it for two weeks. And not merge master back in. I can work it's on creepy. my feature, right? Like this is. It's creepy. So what? You you're not like editing the routes file. You're not you don't have large like. Sure, I edit everything. I, I tons of things. The, you never like rewrite a controller method that Absolutely. steps on someone else's rewrite of the controller method. But we don't know about it because we're in different branches. Right, but they merge their thing into master, and all of a sudden your thing's out of date, and you've got conflicts. But I only see the conflicts at the end. Do you not... Okay. I, on the other hand, yeah, look at the pull request page in GitHub all the time while I'm working. To see if other people are pull requesting things. No, not for that. Just to make sure that it's a good pull request. Your pull... Okay. What I'm saying, Decol, I'm going to lay mm-hmm. the foundation here. You tell me how this differs from your workflow. Okay. We have a Trello board. We have an Asana thing or Jira, whatever. I have a, mm-hmm. a user story. 
I, yes. It's my job to do that user story for this sprint. The sprint's two weeks yes. long. Uh-huh. So I, it's a two-week worth of user story, probably. Hopefully. So it's pretty big, but not unbearable. Yeah, it's like your average feature, your average yeah. decent feature. Mm-hmm. And day one, I check, I, I'm in master, I get checkout, new feature. And now I'm in that feature mm-hmm. branch. And I work on it for days and days and days. And I write tests and I work on it and I generate mock-ups and I send them to people and I valet share and I have stakeholders try it out. And then I get a couple days before the end of the sprint and I go, mm-hmm. okay, this thing's pretty much ready, but I know that, you know, there's going to be code review and I have to like, we'll go back and forth and do stuff with that. So I open the pull request like three days mm-hmm. before the sprint's over, maybe two days. I open the pull request mm-hmm. I ping a team member um, mm-hmm. or the team lead or whatever. They So before I do that, I then look at my code mm-hmm. and I go and I code review myself and I find mm-hmm. some things. And so mm-hmm. then I go and I do the work and a day later I ping the team lead. He does a code review. He might have a few things. We maybe hop on a call. We talk it over. And then we. this is all like the ideal scenario. We're happy with it. We merge it, then we do this merge to state. We resolve all the conflicts, of course. We um, we merge to staging, and then we deploy, and we review, and whatever. All that. That is that is the cycle that I'm laying out. You tell me how that differs from your from this in this imaginary scenario. How are you sure. different than me? So I think the real question that I'm interested in is like what uh, aside from like browser tabs you shouldn't have open like twitter or whatever that aren't related to the work what browser tabs do you have open while you're working oh so right aside from like pin tabs and stuff like that um no like like so you've got trello probably right if yeah whatever the project management thing is i have open yeah Uh uh-huh and then i have the project that i'm working on open usually like dot test whatever is in a browser? Yeah, because oh, we're oh, web to developers. Like, to, click, to click through it. Right. Sorry. You're I've a web developer, right? Decole? I've been working on apps for like a long time. <laughs> I haven't I haven't opened anything in a browser in a while. Okay, so you've got yeah, so you've got like the local dev environment. Mm-hmm. And then the I have a zillion share. stack overflows and GitHubs yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and all that. But you don't constantly have open the whip pull request that you are writing. No. Okay, that's the major difference between our workflows. Interesting. Is like, I keep track of what I'm doing by looking at the pull request. I know at most times, like, what files I've edited in this pull request. Wow. And like, where what the state of... Because like, I do things in one commit and then I undo them in the next commit sometimes, you know? Yeah. And so what I what I need to know is like a high level, like, like, I know how this diff. differs from last commit, but, but like, what uh, am yeah. I what am I committing to the repo? Yeah, yeah. Because then, when a coworker is like, "Hey, I'm thinking of like rewriting how authentication works," I can be like, "Just so you know, I have a bunch of changes to how authentication works, and it's going to clobber, and we're going to have a bunch of conflicts. So, why don't you do this other thing first until I can merge these features, and then you can do authentication stuff on top of my work, hmm. right?" Like, I like to be constantly aware of, like, what what's dirty. Yeah, you know? yeah. So yeah. that if someone's talking about, like, hey, I want to do some work in this part of the app, I can be like, ooh, 
red alert, red alert. Hmm. If you do that, it's going to create conflicts. Conflicts are like dirty socks. I cannot abide them. So why don't you let me wrap up my pull request, which is designed to be wrapped up quickly, get it in so that you can actually just work on top of the work that I have. Yeah, I, I see that. Um, I think in general for me, if we're at a stand-up or some meeting where someone says, you know, I'm going to be working on this or I'm working on this, I'll just know. Like, I think I have a low-level idea, and I think you do too, of how this differs from, like, of all your progress in the branch. Like, without looking at the mm-hmm. pull request. The pull request, I, I think your process is objectively better than mine, just so you know. But um, but I, I think that I, I always generally have an idea of what I've done this sprint or what I've done in this branch. And if somebody says something, I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to say, like, oh, I'm actually working in that. Like, maybe hold off a day or two or... Mm-hmm. Or maybe, you know, we can pair on but, this well, or we can pull it. That's, it's easy if it's like the last couple of days that you've had an open branch, right? But if it was, like, if there's been a weekend since I opened this branch, you know, and I, like, did something and undid it on the first day I had this branch open. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, whatever. I, I did three things. I undid two of them. There's this one thing that I'm not even sure if it was like that when I opened the branch or whether I did that. Yeah. You know, like, sometimes there's those things where it's like, Oh, like I added this scope, right? I added this scope called like, you know, has clean t-shirts uh, to my user model. And I use it all over the app, but I don't exactly remember if we had it before I opened the branch or not, you know? Sure. So yeah. Yeah. Two weeks is a long time. It's those types of things where it's like you, you, the way you think about the environment of the app, if you have a long running thing, you forget what's yours and what belongs to the app. When people are talking about things, like to me, I just want to know. Like, it's kind of like GitHub pull request is like an automatically generated list of my notes. Yeah. On what's going on. That that would be really nice uh, if like, if you create a new branch and you push it and then it automatically creates a whip pull request. That would be cool. Well, you can just use hub to do that. Yep. But I don't do that. Yeah, but I, I maybe, I mean, that would be... That would be cool. I like that workflow. Um, I still think, I still don't think that there's a tangible socks that we've established a tangible socks there yet. Sure. No socks is merge requests. Merge requests are or, uh, merge conflicts. Merge conflicts are bad, but they don't always they're like, happen. As you bad put as on socks, socks every day, but what pain could you physically experience every single day as a developer over a sprint? If by not pulling, by not merging with master. The anxiety that there might be merge requests. Anxiety doesn't count because. That, Why? Because in the laundry scenario, I have increasing uh-huh. anxiety about the giant pile of laundry, but it's not enough for me to go do the laundry. Well, why won't you wear a dirty sock? Because it, in my subconscious, it's like so gross. Like I'm putting on something that smells to start off the day. And like I'm putting them yeah, into these the vessels feeling, that smell. That's the so. feeling of working in like this completely agnostic, vague state of like I have an open branch and I have no idea how it relates to any of the work my coworkers are doing. I work in a like it's like burying your head in the sand as an emu and going, uh, I don't want to know what else is happening in the repo. I I'm love that. World. I think that's right. Like that I think that maybe that maybe we're different. I love I love a nice quiet branch that's my own kingdom and i don't know what anyone else is doing 
and I can just focus on my thing. It's not the best. Definitely not. Okay. What it feels like what you're doing is, so you have all the same type of socks, right? Yes. All right. So what it feels like is you have a drawer. None of your socks are paired. And then every day when you take your socks off, you just put them back in the drawer and mix it around. And then the next morning you pull out two random socks and maybe they're clean, maybe they're dirty. You have no idea what socks you're wearing unless you like really get in there and do a smell test, but you're too scared to do a smell test. So you just hope that they're clean every day. No, it's more like my socks are perfectly organized and uh, Marie Kondo <laughs> like folded uh-huh. on my uh-huh. dresser and they're all beautiful. And every right. day I put them on, I pick a new and I go, oh, it's so fresh. It's so clean. I put it on. Mm-hmm. My feet smell amazing. At the end of the day, I take those socks and I put them, I throw them out the window. Um, mm-hmm. and I don't see them. They're out in the window. My room is perfect and clean, beautiful. And every day it's mm-hmm. a beautiful experience. And then the day comes where I have zero socks and I open the window and I see socks scattered all over the driveway and I have to go mm-hmm. and I have to pick them all up and I have to bring them to the laundry room. I have to wash them. I have to fold them and put them back and rinse and repeat. That's, that's, that's right. the and proper this is, this laundry. Is the fundamental, no, this is the fundamental difference of our of our metaphors. We have differ- differences in our metaphors. In your metaphor, uh, merge conflict resolution is doing the laundry. Yes. Right? Yeah. In my metaphor, merge conflict is resolution on is wearing socks. a pair of dirty socks. The problem is, D. Cole, is you don't have to experience merge conflict resolution every day. You, you don't have you to could opt into wearing it, dirty socks every day. But I day. bet you don't deal with merge conflicts every day am i wrong right no but you don't wear dirty socks every day okay so i don't i deal with merge conflicts almost never because i prevent them right right right, right, right by right, doing right, the laundry of communicating and working in branches and knowing what's dirty and talking to people wearing dirty socks is my resolving merge conflicts too but here's the thing this is the difference between our metaphors <laughs> This is the difference. <laughs> you get so excited. Let's go. <laughs> the dirty socks. Uh-huh. In your metaphor, what I'm trying to tell you uh-huh. is you have unlimited clean socks. <laughs> Why? Because you can ignore the merge conflicts. You can work on your branch if you want and ignore them. Uh-huh. You have the option to wear clean Not socks forever. every day. Eventually you get fired because you wrote a different app. Sure. Than a- the one a- that everyone else is writing. No, eventually this, you, ha- you have to deal with the merge conflicts. And then you're right. wearing dirty socks. And then you do the laundry. And then you re-up. I'm saying I want a mechanism where you have... Uh-huh. So I guess really what we're saying in this metaphor is that... <laughs> Right. So if we should be resolving conflicts every day or so, this Uh means that we should run out of clean socks every day and do laundry every day. Maybe. I don't, I mean, but you, like you said, you don't, you don't run into merge conflicts every day. What I'm saying is you should, in a perfectly working team, you would just never run into merge conflicts. There would be no merge conflicts in a perfectly working team. Merge conflicts to me are evidence of some communication failed or something else sort of fell apart. Yeah, I don't know. Right. Yeah, I think so sort like of. I, I Communication think... is like the hygiene thing, the doing the laundry, right? The like checking in, knowing what everyone in your team is doing, having a broad overview of the project. That's doing the laundry. 
And when you don't do that for enough time, you end up with dirty socks, a.k.a. merge conflicts. Maybe merge conflicts aren't my problem. I'm I don't care I don't I feel like I don't encounter merge conflicts all that often and teams that I've worked on we've managed to keep things separate enough you've you've probably had more isolated work or something oh sure know. yeah I don't, I don't think that there's any like inherent I don't understand how you're not having merge conflicts I mean I have them but they're usually few and far between because of hmm. communication because you're communicating and you mm-hmm. like if you're in a sprint flow at the beginning of the sprint, you all kind of decide what you're doing and you make sure that everybody's not stepping on each other or they're pairing on the same, you know. Right, um, right. And so that's sort of been how I've worked for the past number of years. So mm-hmm. for me, so this whole thing doesn't matter. Like what matters? I Let's find out. Like what matters? What matters to me about a long running pull request a long-running feature branch to you the the developer who works alone on a big monolithic repo nothing matters you can do whatever you want um no but let's say so let's wrap this up here this uh Uh this socks thing i think uh to be clear so people aren't getting the wrong idea i'm (laughs) this is not a podcast about laundry (laughs) (laughs) yeah To be clear, we're talking about code. Oh, this is unusable. We can't put this up. Oh, we're definitely putting this up. No, it's it's great. It's great. You you all love this, right? No, I think it's actually a great right. podcast. Five clothing topics and one code topic is something you have to do occasionally. The uh yeah, so uh oh, to be clear. To uh, be clear. To be clear. To be clear. Let to me be clear. Let me be clear about this here right now okay uh-huh listening close let me be clear i i do not i did not have okay um limeware anyone anybody mm. maybe mm. remember uh mm. that that liveware limeware quote not LimeWire. LimeWire. So, <laughs> um i think uh-huh. frequent small short-lived branches frequent pull requests trunk yes. flow all of those yes. things i think those things are good why so oh <laughs> you <laughs> okay my here's my my knee-jerk answer but i want to find a better answer my knee-jerk uh-huh. answer because this is just as unsatisfactory as your answer was to me um mm-hmm. because they're good and the other one's bad no um it is because i'm also i wasn't making fun of you there you gave more than uh, that okay uh-huh. this is uh, so offensive um okay the reason is because in my experience i have a visceral feeling that the the less you go off and do your own thing the better everything is that's such a horrible answer but okay so max called me right before this call and max mitch mitch max i don't know who (laughs) mitch is Max called me and he, Max. he was doing this. Uh, he had this problem with things that have statuses like, um, you know, let's say that it's uh, a post and you write a mm-hmm. post that's in draft. Published. The status is draft and published. Draft, right, right. Yeah. And of course, you know, you display different things based on the status or different permissions, status transitions, fire off emails and stuff like that. Yep. Yep. Um, and we talked about finite state machines like way long ago on our podcast. FSMs. 
Yeah. And so state machines are great for this sort of thing for transitioning state between. And if you're not caught up state machines, it's a pattern. It's actually like a super computer science pattern, but there's actually like a really practical way you can implement this in Laravel models for things that have statuses. Instead of you just having a status field where you handle all the updating in random places in your app and you can't, it's hard to keep track of things and you make methods like is in draft is published state machines bring order to all that functionality so that everything is defined what states things are in what states a thing can come from to go to another state permissions on those state transitions all that stuff so i told him about this i'm like go check out state machines and try this out so he gets into it he tries it out and he comes back and he basically he's like that's great but that's going to be a huge change this is a big application it's in the wild changing to this thing is going to be huge and they want to they want to add some statuses whatever so he he's like i want to make statuses additive like if they want to add a status to something they can just add it and then i can just check for that status in the little places i need it and it'll have all the previous statuses before it so i don't have to change anything in the entire application i can just simply i don't know if he had to make the relationship different to do this but he just adds in statuses almost like tags or roles mm-hmm. that like something yeah, can it's, it's almost like a like an event uh event sourcing thing yeah right it's not as well tracked yeah because it's not like it's not like you can replay the status add additions or roll back right, right. but yes right you could he could take some he, he can get himself out of binds pretty easily by just adding and removing statuses from things mm-hmm. um and he so he was kind of pitching this to me because his gut told him this is a better way to go because although the other way would be the best way, if I knew everything I know right now, when I started this app, sure, I should have written this all like this, but right now with the problems I have, this is a way for me to move forward with this feature with affecting as few things as possible and just adding this small thing. It's like the least risky thing. And then if he needs to update everything the right way, quote unquote, he would just take the furthest status and remove the last ones and whatever. Um, yep. So there is a path to the right way in the future, but for now, Yagni. So his uh-huh. gut told him this. That's I guess this is my reason. Like my gut tells me the same thing. And I told he called to like check in and be like, "Yo, what do you think?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I think the same exact thing. I think that sounds great." And in this for the same reason, trunk flow, feature tags, stuff like that. Like I I'm assured that the whole system works together more frequently there's less distance between each time i launch something and fear that bug snag is going to blow up or somebody's you know qa is going to freak out or somebody's going to lose their job because Mm -hmm. a bunch of money got lost or something like that the more frequently i run that risk the less risky it feels because the mm-hmm. risk is just less. Well, the less risky it is. The risk less, the less risky it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the the risk doesn't increase linearly, right? That's the thing. So it's like if I'm one day out from master, yeah. Right? If I'm one day of work out from master, yeah. I have like a risk of 1, right? If I'm 5 days out from master, I have a risk of like 20. Right? It doesn't go from like 1 to 5 linearly. I think it, it like ramps up and the further you are out from the last time you merged or pulled, your risk increases drastically. Interesting. Is there a, can we turn this into something like 
concrete is there something that we could i felt like that was pretty concrete <laughs> no i mean you you could I, it's just as kind i mean your description is concrete like i could say actually i think it's uh completely linear and you yeah, so yeah, disprove yeah. me i'm saying it's completely linear disprove me I, i'll help sure. you go ahead um yeah so i think the reasons first of all so there's there's more than one way that you can get out of sync right so you can get out of sync with uh like merge conflict stuff stuff like that yeah that's like the obvious one yeah um you can also get out of sync with the intent of the business okay right so uh something could change people's understanding of a feature could have been wrong all along sure and the longer you go without merging it into qa yeah right the more you're committed to either your wrong understanding or their bad communication or someone's bad understanding or communication of what a feature is. Yeah. And so you can end up burning thousands of dollars because you took a long time. Yep. Um, then there's, uh, there's other stuff where it's like, it's not necessarily a conflict, but uh, you, you might be working at odds with someone else technically. Right. So, Someone else is writing code thinking eventually we're going to get rid of this table. And you're writing code that's like adding fields to that table. Right? Yeah. And so like you're not exactly like stepping on each other's code. Everyone's code will work the same. But like you're you're making stylistic decisions in the code or you're making pa- decisions about patterns based on uh, sort of assumptions about the future and because you think oh i'm going to keep this open really long until i get around to this stuff um so if someone reviewed the code early and they saw you add a field to this table they might be able to say hey i think that we're going to delete this table before you go ahead and build your whole feature on a table that might get deleted interesting so how is it different right so there's a bunch of different things if you wait one Mm -hmm. week if you wait five days there's a bunch of different things that could happen. Right. If you wait one day, it seems to me that it's the same probability of all those things happening. Well, I guess it would be a smaller probability of all those things happening at once. Right. So, so let's that's, say okay, every that's, day, that's valuable. That, that's valid. Right. Yeah. Let's say yeah. every day you have a 25% chance of each of those things happening. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So every day... You have a 25% chance of this and a 25% chance of this and a 25% chance of this. So you have a 75% chance that something happened. Yes. Right? That's going to put you at odds. I don't actually uh, know statistics or probability, but is that right? If four, if three things have a 25% chance of happening, there's a 75% chance that something will happen? Uh, No, but who knows? I'm with it, though. Let's, let's just say that there's a 75% chance that one of those three things will happen. Yeah, okay. Right? Um the uh then the likelihood that the likelihood after two days that you that something happens is now like over one it's now like definitely gonna happen something's <laughs> yeah uh, i can't remember right. how this works no i know 75 no, percent of the remaining 25 percent. that's how that works yes yeah yeah okay so you basically asymptotically are approaching one uh, interesting and so the further you go like the more and more certain and it like it becomes it's like a it's like a exponent exponent curve yeah, that yeah. like approaches absolute certainty right of something going wrong interesting i would love 
uh, shout out to anyone who is a probability person. This is please. Where's Dan Sheets, the poker player, when you need him? Seriously, he knows statistics well. Usually, he's on this podcast. Usually, he's on this podcast. Usually, he's listening he in the background. <laughs> so, whoever is listening and is smarter than me, please figure out if what we're saying is legit. Like probabilistically, is that a word? Uh-huh. Um, but my so it's twenty five, and then twenty five of the remaining seventy five, and then twenty five of the remaining seventy five of that. That's how that would work. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, the it stands that um, <laughs> that I think you're right in that if there's a small yes. probability of a bunch of things going wrong every day, then the mm-hmm. more days you have, the more chance there is of multiple things going wrong because you're checking in at the end of a cycle, you know, of many cycles right. of five cycles. You're then you know like saying, hey, did anything go wrong? after five cycles instead of hey did anything wrong after one cycle so right but and wait wait correcting the thing that went wrong is way easier after one cycle oh, did we just so i don't know if this just proves it but in right so at one cycle there's a 25 percent chance of for three things to go wrong mm-hmm. you experience that probability every single day yes right um over the five days, you experience that probability cumulatively. Uh-huh. I bet it's a mathematical wash. What do you mean? I bet it's a mathematical wash that like, that like, uh, so if there's a 25% chance that, um, that, uh, something bad is going to happen. So we'll just, let's, let's reset everybody's brains. Mm-hmm. We're talking about, uh, every single day. If you deploy, if, if one day goes by. For each day that goes by undeployed. Wait, wait here. Let's make it this. Every day you flip a coin, right? Oh, nice. Yeah. If it if it lands heads, nothing went wrong. Yep. If it lands tails, something went wrong. Yes. Right? Yep. Now, do you want to flip a coin a hundred times and never get tails? Or do you want to flip a coin one time and not get tails? No. The the question is, do you want to flip a coin a hundred times? Uh-huh. And hope. So, what's the probability that you flip a coin a hundred times, uh-huh. and you get tails? Right. That's that's one. You get tails one time. You get tails one time. Right. Right. Then, what's the probability that you flip a coin once, and get tails one time? Multiply right, so that times a hundred. That's the problem. You know what I'm saying? Because it's not like if you're developing in short cycles, it's not like you develop less. You're still developing for those five days. You're just checking the probability every day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's like I flip a coin today. Really hope I don't Uh get tails. The next day I flip a coin. Really hope I don't get tails. Next day I flip a coin. Really hope I don't get tails. Or I, or I wait until the end of five days and I flip a coin five times. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But let's, let's here. Here's the thing I think we're not accounting for in our, um, hang on just a second. I'm getting added in ways that make me uncomfortable. Oh, 
Gotta go? Doing this, no, but doing this in the middle of the day is, like, stressful. Because people hit me up with problems. I think it's fine. We can wrap up. It'll take us two minutes. Okay, no, I'm good. I've wrapped up. Um, all right. So you're saying uh, because we check the probability every day uh, in the short pull requests version that the overall probability is the same as if we checked the probability every day yeah. in the long pull request version. The thing that you're not counting for, and I think this is the this is the thing to be aware of. Uh, let's say every time you flip a coin and yeah, so this is, this is, this is how we can think about it with quarters, right? So every day you flip a quarter, right? Okay. Uh, if it is heads, the business gets to keep the quarter. If it's tails, the business has to throw it away. Okay. Right. Yeah. And, the thing that we're missing here is say you decide to take a long pull request, right? And you flip a bunch of quarters. Yeah. Every quarter after the first tails has to be thrown away. Ah, bingo. All right, hold on. So <laughs> do you lose more quarters? You definitely lose more quarters. Yeah, you definitely lose because more quarters. Because after so the second say, quarter, after you flip the second quarter, it's now more likely yeah. that you're throwing all your money away than not. No doubt. Okay, that is beautiful. I am like super happy that you just did that good stuff, T. Cole. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. link this back to programming. What is the equivalent of a tails, of flipping a tails? Uh, ahead so, is everything deploys great. Ahead is... It's beauty. There's no clobbering. There's no misunderstandings about the feature. But I think those three things I mentioned before, right? So either like merge conflicty problems, um, architecture misun- architecture miscommunication, like clobbering each other. I want to delete the table. I want to add fields to it. Yeah. Um, or getting out of sync with what you're building and what the business thinks you're building um, and building the wrong thing. Yeah. Okay. So... At the end of the pull request, right? So every day you deploy, there's a chance, there's a 50-50 shot that mm-hmm. each thing is going to go wrong. At the end of the the week, it's like you deploy, okay, there was a merge conflict. There's a database problem. So production's down. Um, mm-hmm. But we don't know about all the other problems because we're disabled on this one problem. So mm-hmm. we... So that's the problem. That's why it's the equivalent of all the heads, all the coins after the first tails are tails. Is that an equivalent? Yeah. Uh, or like you, whatever it is. It, it oh, because you've the lost money. the work. It, right. So at the end of the yeah. cycle, because you can't adapt fast. This is so right. stupid that I didn't like come to this sooner. But yeah, at the end of the cycle, you then find out of an upstream problem that happened right. four days ago. Right. And now the rest of that work is effectively all tails. Or, you know, some some random percentage of it becomes tails. Yeah. So, okay, so here's what we do. Uh, instead of saying you lose everything after the first tails, we say after the first tails, everything that comes up heads, you have to reflip it. 
And so <laughs> After now thing. you have a chance of losing all of them again. Okay. But the ones that stayed that were tails, you just leave them as tails. So only bad things can happen. Nothing good can happen from the reflips. Uh, describe that to me again. Okay. So you've got 100 quarters. Okay. Right? Yep. The third one in a row. So you do heads, heads. The third one is tails. Yep. Right? Yes. So now you continue flipping all of them because you don't know right, what the results are. Right, because you don't know. Are. Yeah, right. Right? So now you've got 100 quarters. So you've got 97 quarters after the first one. Yep. They're roughly half heads, half tails. Yep. Right? Yes. So now what you do is you pull all the ones that are heads, which were the ones you were going to get to keep, uh, and you reflip them. And you can still, if they land heads again, you can still keep them. But if they land tails, you lose them. Why? So what... Because you don't know how much value you're losing for the business by getting out of sync, right? It could be just a little thing where it's like, oh, it's just a merge conflict. I only wasted a day. Right. Or it could be something where it's like, I built the wrong feature. It turns out I wasted two weeks. Um, so you're... Sure, right. Okay, you're, you're so accounting we, in we for the fact. You're, you're making this experiment less dire. You're making the consequences of waiting less dire, but they're still more right. dire. But I'm, but we don't know how dire they are. Right, that's yeah, the problem. Right. Yeah, it's true. Right, yeah. and so it's still a gamble. Yeah, it's like a value for value thing that like I can only lose by doing it this way. Yeah, yeah, that's it's very true. I I love that, and I think first I think your your mo your move to turn it into quarters is brilliant. And yeah. then I think, Thanks, I don't babe. know, I just think this experience is brilliant. I'm really, really happy. Um, uh, so. And then what you can do at the end of it is you take all those quarters, you go into the laundromat, you do yourself some laundry. Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. Oh, I could have wrapped it up better myself, D. Cole. I'm a huge believer in short iterations, and we just proved it with quarters. <laughs> yeah for real me too yes short me iterations too. feel good to my gut because somewhere deep down i know that quarters yeah quarters 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 um great 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 Do, you know these are the episodes decal these are the episodes these are these the are ones the ones for the real fans because fake fans won't have made it this far i don't know but the real fans will and i think they're gonna Love this one. These are the Th- these are the, the ones. few and the proud. These are yeah. the ones. These are the episodes that I live for. These are the ones that. Uh, well, and it it gave us a thought technology that I can't see going away for a while. What's that? The quarters. The quarters thing. Yeah, for like sure. I feel like I'm just gonna every time I have to convince like a yeah seriously like a new developer to make short pull requests. I'm gonna be like, let's talk about quarters, dude. You're so right. Oh, you know that for real, for real. Oh, well, well done. We we need to do this more. We need to tackle the big problems. We With, might have to write this up as a blog post. I was just going to say, like, this would be a really good it. blog post. I might Add this it. to your list of blog posts. <laughs> yeah. Well, I might just write it today. Do it. Because, You're on TPT? Yeah. I'm on the TPTP. So, D. Cole, mm-hmm. um, that's been really great. This has been really mm-hmm. great. Um I, I don't know if I have anything more to say. I think we did really good. Um, yeah. That's it, man. That is it. Bought a car yesterday. Ooh. 
Ooh. A Subaru? A Subaru. No, I called it. I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. Subaru uh, Impreza. Outback. Outback. Yeah. Year? 2012. 2012. So you got that new fancy body. Like just when it started. New fancy body. The 2012 yeah. Outback is what's up. Yeah. That's a what's up what's Outback. Up? Mm-hmm. No doubt. About nice. It. Is it like the, the beefy one, like the six cylinder or the No, it's not the six cylinder. That's all right. I wish it was the six cylinder. No, just waste. It's not a stuff. beef boy. Yeah. No, that's that's uh that's good. How many mi- yeah. miles? Eighty five. Okay. Twenty twelve outback, so, eighty thousand miles, you paid nine and a half thousand dollars. Eleven and a half. Ah, you got ripped off. I'm just, I I'm just kidding. No, I, I know you didn't. Definitely I came didn't. in just under Kelly. Okay, cool. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, I should have known that. Yeah. Word up. Yeah, you definitely should have, Caleb. I know, What's I wrong with you? Why didn't you know that, Caleb? <sighs> I'm showing off how much uh, I know about cars, which is yeah, mostly just uh, Super Outbacks because that's the last car I tried to shop for. So. Uh, All right, Nicole. Um Matt Stauffer's new book is out. It is. Go buy it. Yeah, everyone should go buy it. I just bought my copy. I have the old one, but but I know Same-sies. I know how much he's worked on the new one, which is enough for yeah. me to know that like, all right, probably a bunch of new stuff, whatever. Yeah, and it, I, I would just it. give thirty five dollars to him anyway. But um, for any reason, and I wouldn't be giving thirty five to him. How much do you think he actually gets per book? Five. Yeah, not much. As a Riley. The Riley Vultures. Yeah, seriously. He got taken for a ride vultures. on that one. Yeah. Idiot. Dumb. <laughs> so dumb. Oh, no. D. Cole. Um, bump, bump, up. Yeah. I don't know. We're lingering. We're. We are lingering. I'm all right with but it. But you thought it was over. You should put like a couple seconds of silence after each of these times that we've like fake ended the podcast. <laughs> like like in Return of the King, how you think the movie's going to end a bunch of times? Or, uh, like, you ever see Kung Pao, the movie? No. Oh, dude, I'm surprised. It's it's a great, great movie. But there's a scene in it where there's, like, this guy's, like, deathbed. He's on his deathbed mm-hmm. and he says his dying words. But then he keeps going back to life and saying his dying words again. Like, more dying sure, words. Sure, sure, sure. Oh, really? Kung Pao, Enter the Fist. Never seen it. Never you have some homework, it. my friend. Wouldn't be the first time I had some homework. Yeah. All right. Up in well, Japan, you miss a lot of things. So uh, we we're not going to go into it. We're not going to go into it. But I would still never. solving problems on Livewire, and it's making me very happy. Talk to me next week, bro. Still Talk solving problems. Loving the problem solving. Super fun. Real quick. Real quick, oh. real quick. He's like, you said Liveware works with view components now, which is a it huge does. deal. Huge deal. Wait, you fixed the DOM clobbering? I fixed the DOM clobbering. Can I tell what, you how? What'd you do? Yeah, please just tell me how. I clobber the DOM intentionally every time. So any DOM that I get back from the server, I mount as a dummy view component. I mount a whole view instance and then just steal the DOM after view clobbers everything and then use that DOM to then do my diffing. 
I don't understand, but that's yeah, I know it's a weird thing. Anyway, but it, it, I tried so many things. I tried like the word, the phrase "steal the dom" means nothing to me. This is a, here's a programming lesson. I feel like such an idiot a lot of times because I bang my head against these problems hard for a long time. Then I yep. sit on them and I let them be mm. for weeks, mm. and then the answers just come to you. <sighs> I can't tell you how many times this has happened. <sighs> Seriously. Ah, thank you for the sound effects. <laughs> yes. Um yeah, so like view clobbers the dom. So I'm like, all right, yeah. well I need to know how view clobbers the dom and I'll try to disable view clobbering the dom, okay? Look for options, look for ways of extending view. Okay, go down yep. that road, not futile. Not or pretty much futile. Then I'm like, all right, well, I'll learn how view clobbers the DOM and I'll clobber the DOM on the back end so that the DOM that gets returned to the front end is sort of in sync with what view has, you know? So I mm-hmm. strip white space and stripped tags on the back end, but I'm basically writing a DOM parser in PHP, which is like right. not cool. Um, and then the final answer is, seriously, this sounds so dumb saying it, but I prompt, like I had Max on this problem with me, so he gets that it was not obvious. Mm-hmm. But this uh uh so now i just basically let view clobber the dom (laughs) it's hard to describe but i intentionally clobber the dom with view often like i create view components and then just just take the html from the view component as a string like outer html throw away that view component and now i have html that is perfectly formatted for view because view clobbered it already oh yeah i don't know if that makes sense but weird yeah it's almost it basically is a middleware where i detect like oh is view in your global thing all right well here i'll put in a little middleware for incoming dom interesting I'll, you should try it with react components and see what happens i do i do want to support react components yeah especially because uh there's well frake and sebastian dedine dedine have been both talking publicly about preferring react overview sebastian dedine i don't know how to pronounce his name he's he's a solid dude his his stuff is always good. His content, I respect that I don't guy. Think I know who he is, so I maybe will... recognize if you saw him. I think his avatar is uh, him with a deep V. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My all right there was funny. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. <sighs> uh, all right. All right. It's over. It's over. Outro music. Go.